Welcome to Folk Roots Radio, I'm Jan Hall. Singer-songwriter David Storey spent 25 years working as a video and TV director and producer, including working on the hit comedy series Corner Gas, before returning to his first love, music. His latest album, appropriately titled Coming Home, was released earlier this year and features nine semi-biographical songs about life, relationships, the big picture, and the challenges we all face all delivered with empathy and awry humour. David Storey joined us in the studio to chat about his music and play a few songs from the album live. But before we get there, this is David Storey with The Last Loon on the Lake from the new album Coming Home. Have flown on. I'm the last 
loon on the lake Ice in the bay And I should fly away I'm the last loon on the lake Frost in the ground And the leaves are all down I'm the last loon on the That's David Story with Last Loon on the Lake from his new album, Coming Home. It was just released earlier this year. And David Story is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. How are you doing today, David? I'm good, Jan. How are you doing? Great to have you join us in the studio. If I understand it right, you started off in music. You had quite a music career going, but then left it to get involved in video production and I think you made videos for what Tom Cochran and for Stomping Tom. That's correct, yeah. You also got involved in the creation of a very big and very popular TV comedy series Corner Gas. You're That's one correct. of the creators of that with with I imagine with Brent Budd is that well, right? Well, Brent created the show, but I helped him develop the show. Okay. And then I was in a, I directed most of the episodes and the feature film and I was also an executive producer on the show as well. Which is incredible, and you know, it's certainly one of my favorite shows. Good. It's fascinating, though, that you've actually left that behind somewhat to return to your music. We'll talk a little bit later about whether you'll actually get back more into the, the video field. But music is really your passion. Is that a reasonable thing to say? Absolutely, yeah. 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 So, so tell us a little bit about the early days of David's story, then, you know, when you first started out. Well, when I first started out playing music, I was—I uh, grew up in Woodbridge, which is not actually not too far from here. It's north of Toronto, and um, I used to play in bands in around Woodbridge. And I played in a duo in high school with a young lady, and uh, we were, we had sort of a Sonny and Cher thing going on. And then later on, I played in country bands, uh, sort of country rock bands at the time, uh, doing mostly covers like Marshall Tucker and. Um, uh, you know, that sort of southern rock boogie stuff. And we played around uh, north of Toronto. There was a big circuit then. There was the Bush Home and Aaron we used to play back in the day. And there's uh, um, there was the Woodbridge Hotel. And there was a, a, a number of places, Loretta House, which I think is still there on, uh, I think it's on Highway 50 or 27 or something. Anyways, there was, uh, there was Mother... I can't remember the name of it, Mother's something or other in Beaton. And it was funny because at the same time, there was another band playing that same circuit uh, as us, and they were called the King City Slickers, and they eventually turned into Prairie Oyster. So we knew those guys, and uh, we played around quite a bit in that. And then uh, I kind of got tired of the... uh, uh, sort of country scene so I moved into the city and I started playing I guess you would call it punk we were dyeing our hair green and doing all kinds of weird things punky new wave stuff that would be the early 80s and then I realized that wasn't for me either I was still living in Toronto and um, I started playing I went back to more sort of singer-songwriter folky stuff it was around the time of Suzanne Vega and Tracy Chapman were kind of in around that same time and I went down to New York and uh, was down there for not that long, maybe four or five months and uh, played, you know, folk uh, city there. And there was a whole circuit down in New York and then came back up to Toronto and started playing that uh, that same kind of stuff up here. And um, 
it went, it went really well, but after a while, you know, a lot of my friends that were playing music, uh, I knew some of the guys from Blue Rodeo and they got a recording contract and their career kind of took off. And I, although I was playing a lot of gigs, I had a family by that point. And, um, you know, I'd put out a few independent records and things. And uh, the family, you know, I just, I had two kids and I was married and, you know, you got to make a decision. Right. You know, do you want to be out playing bars, you know, six nights uh, of the week and try to raise your family? And so I decided to try something different. I got was very lucky in, uh, in the fact that I started to direct at first low budget music videos and then fairly quickly jumped right up to doing uh, videos for Tom Cochran. As you mentioned, I did Life is a Highway and some other ones for him. And Stompin' Tom Connors, I did a bunch of uh, music videos for Stompin' Tom, who also doesn't live too far from here. Oh, didn't, or yeah. used to yeah, yeah, live yeah. too far from here. He lives yeah. in... And then the rest kind of took off from there. So then Corner Gas came along. You obviously were involved with that. Because how many years did that series actually run? Uh, Corner Gas went for six seasons, 107 episodes. That was much later. I mean, I, I from the music videos, I... I did some commercial work directing TV commercials for car companies and things like that. And then I uh, started uh, doing longer, uh, like hour-long music specials for... I did an Anne Murray Christmas special, and I did a uh, Corey Hart special, and a bunch of stuff. I did the last season of the Rita McNeil show that she had on the air. And uh, so I always kind of connected to music, but I was just playing for my kids. I wasn't playing for anybody. And I, and I was still writing a little bit, but I wasn't getting out and playing. And uh, I was mostly, my music life was as a director more than uh, as uh, an actual playing musician. So then I, um, I, uh, I got, the CBC came in and they wanted me, I did a music video for Stompin' Tom called Margot's Got the Cargo, which at the time was pretty famous and got a lot of airplay and a lot of notice. And it was a comedy video. And uh, the CBC saw the video and they asked me to come in and direct a show for them called Comics. And uh, every week they would have a different comic. And they basically said to, they were stand-up comics, and they said, you can do whatever you want in this half hour. We're giving you a half hour to do whatever you want. In that half hour, there has to be five to 10 minutes of stand-up, but the rest of it, you can do whatever you want. So everybody, all the comics wanted to do pilots for TV shows. And I worked with a lot of, you know, Mark Farrell, Brent Butt, Ron James, and Ron James and I created a thing called Black Fly, which was- Oh yeah, uh, I remember that one too. Yeah. A half hour comedy series, but we did the pilot on comics and then that took off. And uh, we did two seasons of, um, I didn't produce that, I just directed it and created it with uh, Ron James. And uh, that lasted two seasons. And then I did a thing called The Sean Cullen Show, who's another uh, comedian. And then uh, I kind of got fed up with Toronto's scene. And uh, I packed the family in the car and we drove out and moved to Vancouver. And that's where I, I reacquainted myself with Brent. But And uh, he told me the story of Corner Gas. And uh, I took it in and pitched uh, Brent and Corner Gas to CTV and they liked it so then Brent and I went in and did a formal pitch and uh, the rest is TV history. 
So all through this period of time, though, you were you were still writing songs, but still playing. But it was always, you know, very much for family occasions, that sort of thing. Yeah, it was Not more. more no, that. I wouldn't even say family occasions. I would say I was playing for my kids. That was yeah. about it. Right. Yeah. And I didn't get out and play at all. And uh, after Corner Gas finished, uh, I did a show. I was living in Vancouver and I did a show called Hiccups. And uh, I had a place um, in a little town called Pemberton, which is north of Whistler. And it's sort of the last town before you get into the wilderness. And uh, it was a pretty wild and crazy town. And uh, we finished shooting Hiccups. I went up to Pemberton and I started writing songs again. And all of a sudden, like five or six songs just popped out. I had some time. I was in between shows. And I went into, one day I went into Vancouver and uh, there was a place called the uh, Wired Monk on uh, 4th in Kitsilano. And uh, I went into the Wired Monk's open mic one night. I was terrified. I was, I was 58, I guess, years old at that time. And so, you know, you're, you've got built up a certain image of yourself, right? And to go in and do a stand, you know, an open mic at 58 years old doing your own material, I was terrified. And uh, so I went in and I did it. And there was maybe, I don't know, 10, 12, maybe 15 people in the audience, most of whom were musicians. And But I got up and did it. And it was such an uh, exhilarating experience to do that again. So I got hooked all over again. And then so I started doing open mics for a couple of years. And I still do them occasionally. But uh, mostly now people phone me up and they want me to uh, play. You know, I've got a, this is my second uh, album in the last three years. And uh, so um, people invite me to come and play now. So it's nice. And it feels good to be back in music. Oh, I love it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, you know, um, I've been, I was very lucky in, in the television career in that I was able to work on projects that I really wanted to work on and that I thought were very valuable and creatively were contributed to the the Canadian cultural landscape, I guess you could say. Um, and when that all ended after uh, Corner Gas, um, although we did do the movie, but uh, I was being offered a lot of stuff that was kind of, uh, how can I say it without, um, that was generic, more generic and made for the world market and... Uh, was not the quality I didn't think the writing and the performing wasn't as high as I would like it to have been or wasn't saying what I would like it to say so I turned a lot of stuff down and now you know uh, as a director when you're working on set you've got about 75 or 80 people following you around waiting for you to say okay we're gonna do this we're gonna do that now it's great it's just me and a guitar and I can say what I want to say and I can go play for people and yeah you know when we did the movie, seven million people watched the movie on TV and it was the highest rated movie of all time. And when I go out to play gigs, usually there's maybe 25 or 30 people there. So it's a big difference that way. But it's uh, I get to play my own tunes and I, I feel like I'm contributing to the Canadian cultural landscape again. And uh, as opposed to just sort of creating generic tv shows for an audience that's that um i'm not sure who's watching so tell us a little bit about coming home we started off with the last loon on the lake which is the first track on the album it's a fabulous song i love it because it obviously plays on the fact that it could just be a loon on the lake but it's really like it, it's the last 
I mean, is the last person living on the lake at the end of the summer this guy that hangs around? Is that the story here? Yeah, well, I mean, the 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 real story is my daughter brought me home. I picked my daughter was working on um, a golf course in uh, out in the country, and she drove the go- the uh, beer cart and drove around and and served people beer and sandwiches out on the golf course. And as she was driving around, she saw on one of the ponds there was a goose or a bird on the pond. And when she got in the car, she said, "Dad, you should get in the." You know, you should write a song about the last bird. It's the that when I this was all taking place in early November, and she said the last ver- bird in the uh, in the uh, up north before they've all gone south, and there's just one bird left. And I'm okay, so I went home, and I, as I want to do, I turned the TV to the hockey game, turned the sound down, and started playing the guitar, and came up with the guitar riff that you hear in the song, and then I started fiddling around. You know, the last you know, the final finch and the ferns and the the remaining, you know, wren and the reeves. I was trying to come up with, you know, the last goose in the gulch and drunk duck in the ditch. And then finally I came up with Last Loon on the Lake and that's how it came about. But there is a guy that I was thinking about, uh, David Conacher. He's a guy who lives up on Georgian Bay and his family is very famous and, and uh, very successful going back to the turn of the century and he kind of turned his back on all that and uh he had an old log cabin up there that he lived in he's passed away a few years ago but uh and he grew his hair long and you know taught uh, um the first nations kids on um on uh, christian island and just lived up there full time and he had you know he could have probably had a successful career in the city but he just decided not to do that so when I sing the song, I kind of half think about David Conacher. It's it's neat. I love the stories. You know, one of the nice things about this album is the fact there seems to be so quite clearly a, a bit of you in it. I, I don't know what percentage we'd have, but we got these wonderful stories about life, about life transitions, and then also about these wonderful characters. But that song especially is a favorite yeah. because of the way that it it, it it it's very canadian you know and, and the album does have quite a canadian feel to it. it it is that just something that comes from you obviously we've just talked about the fact that you were involved in you know an iconic canadian comedy series is that the sort of uh songs that really grab you these stories that that have that canadian uh feel to them yeah i don't know it's just what i know you know, yeah. I mean, and that's what was so great about um, Corner Gas and, and even um, uh, Blackfly was that they were kind of shows about what I know and what I feel comfortable with and the world that I know and uh, um, that I feel proud to represent. And uh, so I think the continuation of that, that, you know, all the, the things that we did in Blackfly and especially in Corner Gas continues on in this music now it was brent's show um he created the show but you know i grew up in a small town as well and uh you know we kind of developed the show together and um so i i, I don't consciously try to make it canadian it that's just kind just of what way comes it out yeah. you have a guitar with you we have the opportunity for you to play some songs sure. i'd love it if you could play a, a song from the album sure uh, what would you like to play for us uh how about uh saint adelaide Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of my favorite songs as well. Tell me a little bit about this song. Uh, Well, my wife and I um, volunteered uh, at an organization in Toronto that helps ex-cons reintegrate themselves into society. 
So uh, what? basically she made a big dinner and I helped her load the dinner into the car, drove it down. It was in the basement of a church, um, which wasn't called St. Adelaide, but there is a St. Adelaide in Toronto, but uh, Adelaide, I need to use that word to rhyme with. And uh, we, uh, we took the food down and we set it up and then the ex-cons all came in and they were, was split. About half of them were female and half of them were male, which surprised me. And uh, we had a big dinner together and then um, we all sort of stood in a big circle with the pastor leading, holding hands and singing hymns. And then after that, we sat down and all the ex-cons kind of told their stories and the one lady who was beside me, I won't get into her story, but at the end of it, she said, um, those who have been forgiven know a lot about love, which I thought was a very interesting thing for a person in her position to say, because there was a certain acceptance in, in that. Um, and that kind of triggered this song. And we also mentioned that it was written during the Rob Ford days. I kind of got that impression. There was a little bit of Rob Ford in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Shall I play it? Yep. This is St. Adelaide from David Story, and you're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. City Hall tonight The mayor and the press are fighting The money lies pride and You can hear the racket Way out on the east side well, There's kids running around with guns Death behind their eyes But there's a candle burning In the church of St. Adelaide The lost and sick have washed up They're looking for a break They're holding hands and singing songs Of love and hope and faith Candles are burning in Saint Adelaide. Money is all north of blue, and it ain't trickling down. The cabbies down in Parliament just barely holding ground. Freeway is crumbling and it's hard to get around. The shadows from those tall dark towers stretch all over town. But there's a candle burning in the church of St. Adelaide. Lost and sick have washed up They're looking for a break They're 
holding hands and singing songs of love and hope and faith. The candles are burning in Saint Adelaide. Money sings and money laughs and money wants it all. Money knows just where to land While we take the fall So here we sit from different worlds Your body marked in ink Me, I'm scrubbed and fed and uneasy As I ask you what you think Proud and sad, you look at me Voice soft as a dove You say, those who have been forgiven Know a lot about love there's a candle burning in the church of St. Adelaide. The lost and sick have washed up, and they're looking for a break. They're holding hands and singing songs of love and hope and faith. The candles are burning. The candles are burning, the candles are burning in St. Adelaide. That's David's story live on Folk Roots Radio today with St. Adelaide, and that's a song you'll find on his latest album it's entitled coming home if you want to get more information about david's music check out his website at davidstorymusic.com yes story with an e story with an e to make sure we get that in there great to have you join us in the studio you one of the things that i love about the your songs is the way you sing them i mean there's a great deal of passion comes through that song especially i think that is a cracking song i love it because it's got a great story um, there's obviously a topical side to it when you focus on, you know, our cities and perhaps the way that we're not spending enough time and energy on, you know, maintaining them and maintaining the quality of life for people, but also the whole St. Adelaide story in there as well. Yeah, I just, um, I think, you know, a, a lot of people uh, take stuff for granted and uh, and don't really see um the big picture and when you you know i also um volunteer at uh um, oci the ontario correctional institute and uh so we go in once a month we're called folk on the inside this little band that we have and we go in and we sit with the uh inmates there and we sit on one side of the room and the inmates sit on the other side and they have a guitar and they pass the guitar around and we sing a song and they sing a song. And then once we get warmed up, we kind of jam together with the inmates. And 
you know, it, it's like you just get to see a different side of of society and and people and get to see people and meet people and know people that are um, not in the sphere that I usually relate to. And uh, I, I find I learn a lot from from uh, from those people. And uh, it's a great experience. And, it you know, they've obviously committed some kind of a crime to be there we're not allowed to ask and they're not allowed to tell us what they've done but uh you know for that for the for that two hours that we hang out with them all of that is forgotten and we're just people playing and singing and hanging out and it's great that's great you know it's funny uh, recently i've heard about a lot about people heading into correctional institutions prisons um, you know youth at risk centers to to try and, and and make a difference and i just think it's really wonderful that people are willing to spend the time share their gifts and again gain something uh that enriches your life as well it's that's wonderful to hear about that yeah and there i'll have to say there's a lot of great musicians that are locked up in the uh, ontario correctional uh institute um you know there's some really good uh guitar players and um singers and uh um, i was really impressed with the level of talent that that come out and play with us yeah well hopefully that you know maybe this will help them as they move forward um can we talk about your songwriting uh specifically i'm always i always love to ask this question are you somebody that that works on a melody first and then comes up with lyrics to fit that melody or are you somebody who um, you know perhaps might come up with a lyric and then decide to try and find a melody that works with it no i i usually come up with the chords that i like first and then kind of find a melody see if i can find a melody that goes with with it go with the chords and i mean generally speaking sometimes it, it's, it, it goes differently but generally speaking i would say that i find some nice chords that feel good and then i find a melody that goes with it and then I have a whole, as I'm sure lots of other songwriters do, I have a whole raft of, I think I've got 154 messages to myself on my cell phone with lyric ideas and, you know, then I write it down and I have, so I just start going through those and seeing what's going to fit or what I feel passionate about at, at the moment and uh, to see if I can get those lyrics to fit that melody line and um, and chord progression that I've put together. Do you find it easy to come up with a song? I mean, is it something that you know comes very easily to you or do you find that you have to really work on on your song craft well i i do work on it i mean i go i've been to for a couple of uh seasons to uh this thing called song studio in um toronto which is run by a guy called blair packham and he's a great songwriter and he brings in like amazing songwriters like i don't know if you know dean mctaggart he wrote a lot of stuff for Amanda Marshall, like big hits for Amanda Marshall and kind of in the genre that I write in. And Lynn Miles uh, came in one year and she and I sat down and kind of had a session together where we uh, she helped me with um, uh, the song on the album, uh, uh, I Can't Complain. So I wrote the song, but she was giving me, I played it for her and she gave me some pointers of why don't you do this, why don't you do that? So. I find that's very useful and very helpful. And uh, but it's finding the time. You know, right now I've just released this uh, album, and I'm trying to get people to play it and trying to get it out there and get people to review it. So you find you spend half your time on the phone or emailing people saying, "Please play my record." And you know, so far I've been very lucky. I mean, people such as yourself, and thank you very much, Jan. I appreciate you playing uh, the record. Um, have been have been fairly open and and good about playing it so 
but you have to work it. You know? you know, you brought up the subject of I Can't Complain, which is one of the songs I was kind of hoping you might like to play today. Can you play that one sure, first? Sure, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear that song. Tell us a little bit about it because it's it's another song that tells a story. And, you know, I'm a big fan of story songs, right. especially, dare I say, for for those of us who might be getting a little older. Right? It's, kind yeah. of, it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, age comes to us, comes to us all and, and it always seems to come quickly. Yes, You know, it you does. suddenly wonder yeah. where your youth went. Yes. Um, so this is, got an, this is an interesting song, an interesting story. So why don't you tell that? Well, um, I'm a little bit hesitant because uh, a lot of people probably are going to hear it on this radio station because they all live in the area of where this... But, uh, okay, so... I live in a small town called Inglewood, and um, it's uh, it's a great little town, and and it's got a lot of history, and uh, and I grew up in Woodbridge, which was a small town, um, and it also has a lot of history, and uh, so I just uh, you know Inglewood is uh, on in the Oak Ridge's moraine, and it's also in the escarpment, and it's also a world biosphere, and it's also in the town of Caledon, and. So there's a lot of rules and regulations in Inglewood uh, about what you can and cannot do there. Like I, I tried to build a, a, a shed in my backyard and, uh, you know, I practically had to get a UN resolution to, uh, to be able to do that. So um, it's sort of about small town life. And I don't want to get too specific because people might recognize themselves in this song. Part of it is about me and my experience, but it's also part of me looking out into the small town and seeing uh what uh other people are doing and uh, my you know i play hockey with a lot of the guys in town and uh part of it is from that and you know my kids grew up in town and uh but i hope that universally um it would resonate with people who live in small towns all around canada and in the and in the city too i think uh it's really about being able to enjoy and appreciate the the smaller things that you see like this i love this time of year when the leaves start to change it's a beautiful time of year and i find it very comforting and inspirational and um you know and sometimes you think well i've been doing all this work and nobody's playing my record but you know what it does in the big picture it doesn't really matter because you walk outside and the leaves are changing and it's beautiful and you know when the winter comes I like the winter as well I mean I know a lot of people don't but it's a beautiful time of the year it's not so beautiful if you're in downtown Toronto but if you're up here and living outside in the country it's fantastic so I, th I think sometimes if you can just kind of stop and look around and I guess smell the roses this is David Story with I Can't Complain you're listening to Folk Roots Radio and I'm Jan Hall Drives the school bus. Lord knows we can use the cash. And me, I fix small engines out back in my garage. I like the way the leaves turn in the fall. I like fireworks on the long weekend. And I like a case of beer and 
hockey on TV, I can't complain. I won't sing sad refrain. The sunshine follows rain, and the world will turn again. I can't complain. I can't complain. Jimmy joined forces. Said it's what he was born to do. They gave him a gun and sent him to the Middle East. Y'all love him. Hope he gets home soon. And I like the colored lights of Christmas. And I like the way the snow drifts up against my shed. I like the, the smell of wheat after it's been cut. I can't complain. I won't sing sad refrain. The sunshine follows rain and the world will turn again. I can't complain. I can't My granddad lost his leg in the first of the great wars. Never rode a dime, made an excuse. Me, I like to keep it simple. Don't let the world turn my head. I only take what I can. I like fireworks on the long weekend And I like a case of beer And hockey on TV I can't complain I won't sing sad refrain Cause sunshine follows rain And the world will turn again I can't complain This is David Story, and you're listening to Folk Roots Radio on CFRU 93.3 FM. That's David Story with I Can't Complain on Folk Roots Radio today from his wonderful new album, Coming Home. I love that song because that's exactly how I feel, because I don't like to complain about the weather. I don't like to, you know, pick favorites as time of year I really try and find something you know in every season like you said that you know you like about it mm-hmm. and living in you know in the country like this it is really uh, I that really speaks to me you know your real feel for yeah this is what what life is like and I think it's really healthy you know I've been spending a lot of time lately reflecting on life and trying to 
to keep um, you know fairly mindful about everything and this is a song that really speaks to the need to you know really appreciate what is yeah and and um, you know uh, I find that uh, you can rock get wrapped up in your own head and your own life and uh, all the things that are going wrong and you know really in the the big picture it's the it, you're living a great life you know you just need sometimes have to need to stop and look at it. and then that that bridge about the uh you know my granddad that's my granddad did lose his leg or got shot in the leg in the first world war and had trouble with it throughout his life but um you know there there was i feel sometimes that that generation you know i mean they, they weren't perfect by any means but they had kind of uh a different attitude and a different way of looking at things. My parents' generation or my grandparents' generation than I know my generation or my kids' generation do. I'd like to play a song from the album. And it's a song that when we were setting up this interview today, you mentioned that it's a song that actually probably is not getting as much ex exposure as you'd like. It's got a very interesting story and a lyric behind it. And that's the, the We Are The Greatest song, yeah. which... There's a lot of humor in this. It, it, it tends to reflect on different aspects of life. We're going to play it from the album, but perhaps you can just talk about this song and the story behind it. Sure. Um, the uh, I grew up, as I said, in Woodbridge, and the song's about when I was uh, a friend of mine and I, when we were about 11, 10, 11 years old, and we used to, as I'm sure most young boys are, rabble-rousers, and, you know, we would... Uh, go around town and you know at Halloween we'd be up on the train trestle over the main street of Woodbridge dropping pumpkins down onto the main street and you know creating a mess and you know one time we backed up the sewer system in town and that was a bit of a, a kerfuffle with everybody and you know the the, the local police officer uh, we used to call him Six Gun Giff, uh, Six Gun Gifford, he certainly knew who we were and we never got into really serious trouble, but we were kind of rabble rousers. And um, so the song is about uh, the two of us and all the trouble we got into. And But when you're that age, you don't look at it that way. When you're that age, you think that you're the greatest and everything is possible and there's nothing that's going to get in your way. And uh, then, you know, the I don't want to spoil the song, but in the uh, bridge section of the song, it kind of fast forwards to now we're in our 60s and are older and um, things are different and so uh, that's basically the gist of the song let's play that now this is David Story with We Are The Greatest from his new album Coming Home you're listening to Folk Roots Radio and I'm Jan Hall Street and huck a goober off the bridge. Try to catch your sister skinny dipping out at Bear Ball Ridge. We'll light off some bottle rockets outside old man Thompson's door. Stick around just long enough to see his dentures hit the floor. Then we'll steal Mrs. Spencer's bra strap right off her clothesline. Use it as a slingshot to hurl up balls at the sky. We are the greatest, my buddy and me. We are the greatest, the 
best you'll ever see Together as brothers we'll be one And we'll bury that skull and crossbones That you won down at the fair And I'll take my silver dollar And I'll throw it in there And then when we're sixty We'll meet here once again And dig them up Cause they'll be worth a fortune by then Greatest, the best you'll ever see. That's David Story with We Are The Greatest from his new album, Coming Home. He's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. Tell us a little bit about the people that play on this album, because that song in particular has yes. a lot of people involved. Well, I was really lucky. I mean, I was—I knew I wanted to do an album. I'd, I'd done a sort of an EP, almost an album, uh, on my own, strictly myself, an acoustic guitar, and recorded it in Toronto. And I was looking for... I actually talked to a number of different people, um, some fairly well-known producers, about doing this album. And uh, basically, they were too busy or too expensive because I was paying for it by my, on my own dime, and I didn't really have that much money. 
and I read a newspaper in the local, uh, an article in the local magazine called The Hills, and uh, there was a whole article about this guy, Daryl Neuerdorf, who has a studio in a barn on uh, Highway 10 north of Orangeville that he's built in there. And he's recorded a lot of great stuff there. Nico Case and uh, some Blue Rodeo stuff, I think, was recorded in there, and um, as well as a ton of other things. So I phoned him up, paid a visit, and uh, he said, uh, yeah, let's do it. And so we worked out a favorable deal and we were going to co-produce it, which I thought was great. So he engineered and produced and I sort of wrote the songs and produced. And uh, it's a great atmosphere in there, much like this room that we're in right now, a lot of wood. And, um, you know, he certainly knows his business about producing. And it's in this beautiful location inside a barn out in the, in a, in a, on a farm. And uh, so as we were, we were kind of putting the, the songs together, we talked about how we're going to approach it and what kind of sound do we want to have. And I said, well, you know, I like bluegrass. So we said, well, I just happen to have recorded this fantastic bluegrass band called Traditionally Wound. A lot of members live around Orangeville, which is near where his studio is. And uh, why don't we get those guys into place? So sure enough, uh, Nick, and uh, uh, who plays mandolin, and, which is very upfront in, in the mix, and, uh, and the fiddle player and um, the bass player, Sheldon, uh, came. And like, really, it was... We did it in like those three songs, I, I think in like an afternoon. So, and they had never heard the songs before. So I sat down and played them the songs and then we just kind of just did it. And uh, it turned out really well and uh, they were fantastic. So there was that kind of acoustic bluegrassy sound to the album. There's no banjo in there, but there's mandolin, fiddle and uh, a bass. And then we had a great drummer, uh, Stefan, uh, from, he's from Ottawa. And uh, so there's that side to the album. And then I also wanted to get kind of more of a contemporary, I don't want to say country rock. It's not really rocky. It's sort of uh, more of a contemporary sound. So uh, on songs like uh, St. Adelaide and uh, I Can't Complain and uh, one I ca uh, did called, uh, that I, was probably my favorite song in the album called uh, uh, Sea to Sky. Uh, we brought in some great musicians. So we had Basil Donovan, who plays bass uh, for Blue Rodeo, and who I actually knew Don, uh, Basil from way back in the day when I used to play in the 80s. And he also, um, Daryl, who was producing, knew Basil because he had done some stuff with Blue Rodeo. We brought in Anne Lindsay, who's a fantastic violin player and played on two of my tunes. She was great, very accommodating. I wanted her to, I, she didn't know I was going to ask her to sing. Yeah, I thought she does backing <laughs> vocals as well. On She does, yeah. yeah. She does background vocals and she didn't know I was going to ask her that. And she went, sure, okay, I'll sing. So uh, she was fantastic. I had a great time with her. And uh, who else did we have? Oh, and then I had two friends uh, that I jam around with in Toronto, uh, Bruce Adamson and Laurie Ingalls. And they're both, uh, they play in a bunch. Laurie plays with like about 50 different people and so does Bruce and they're both fantastic musicians. And they came in and played keyboards and electric guitar. So it sounds like quite a party, I think, particularly on the end of that song, right? There's At a... the end of the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, with that kind of, uh, we got everybody who came in to sing 
on at the end uh, to sing We Are the Greatest at the end. And so, although we all weren't, the, the basically the base of that track was myself and the bluegrass band traditionally wound. And we all kind of sang at the end and clapped. And, and then when Basil came in and all the other yeah. band came in and they all just sang and then kind of got caught up in the atmosphere. You know, it must be great fun making an album. I, maybe one day I need to be in the studio when people, I know it's going to be a long time, but it, there is really a strong community spirit camaraderie around these things i mean some of the you know you hear the stories of um you know in the days you know the when the stones and the beatles and you know some of those great uh dare i say 70s bands were you know making albums and you know they would just be in the studio you know not leaving for the the whole time they were there particularly if they were working with uh, a really creative producer that had this vision you know to bring the music out but it must be lots of fun yeah, it's uh, it. I had a great time. It was it was a lot of fun, and that's half the reason to do it. You know, I mean, um, the music industry is so different uh, today from where it was, say, back in the seventies or sixties, seventies, and even the eighties and nineties. And uh, so, I think you know, uh, your expectations have to be a little tempered, shall we say? And I'm just I'm having a lot of fun. You know, I've been lucky. I've been selling some albums and getting some radio airplay, and I, I'm doing less open mics. And people are actually, you know, I'm getting the door on gigs, and people are actually coming out to see. And so I am making some money from it, but it's not uh, something that you know back in the day where you. Well, we're enjoying having you with us today. We're have a guitar. So let's get you to play again. Now, another one of my favorite songs on this album is Krusty. Right, yes. Tell us a little bit about that song. Well, this is a sad story, but um, uh, last, uh, about a year ago, um, I discovered that I had cancer. I had prostate cancer. And uh, so that's a bit of a shock. (laughs) And uh, so, uh, you know, you, I've, for anybody that's had cancer, you know, you have to go through the whole process of, of where is it and how bad is it and is it going to spread and all those kinds of things. And the first doctor I went to, the prognosis was not good. And he said that there was going to have to be major surgery and I would be, I don't want to get into the gory details, but my life would change a lot. Yeah. It would change a lot. And uh, um, so... Uh, I thought, wow, you know, that's kind of a snowball to the face. And uh, they, uh, so, but fortunately I researched it a bit and I found out about another doctor who has a different procedure, which is totally legal in Canada and supported in Canada. And the doctor is the head of, was the head of the um, uh, urology at uh, Sunnybrook Hospital. So he's a reputable guy, but this is kind of a new procedure. Basically, they go in and burn the cancer out is what they do. So uh, rather than having to take all kinds of medicines or having radical surgery, he went in and burnt the cancer out. So, so far, it, it was a bit of a recovery. And uh, But this song kind of got me through it all. Expectations in check Anything can happen And we ain't home yet I got more alive behind me Than I do up ahead 
ain't no one's blue-eyed hero, but I got no regrets, yeah. Well, I'm crusty and I'm tough, and I refuse to die. Gonna stare this crazy old world straight in the eye, in the eye. Some say Jesus will save me, in his spirit I must dwell. Jesus only saves the ones that save themselves. The river's still rising, the sky is low and gray. Here on the horizon, take it day by day. Well, I'm crusty and I'm chuff And I refuse to die Gonna stare this crazy old world Straight in the eye, in the eye Expectations in check Anything can happen And we ain't home yet I got more life behind me Than I do up ahead I ain't no one's blue-eyed hero But I got no regrets Yeah Well, I'm crusty and I'm tough And I refuse to die Gonna stare this crazy old world straight in the eye, in the eye. That's David Story with Krusty live in the Folk Roots Radio Studio from the album Coming Home, which is his latest album. And David is our special guest on the show today. We've been chatting about his music. Tell us a little bit about playing live. You mentioned that you are looking for opportunities uh, to play live. Is that usually as a solo performer? Do you play uh, with others or is it typically playing your songs as a solo singer-songwriter? Yeah, I play um, sometimes a, lo- a guy, there's a keyboard player out there called Laurie Ingalls and I play together. But most of the time I find I played a lot in bands when I was younger. And, you know, when you're sort of the main singer-songwriter, you're looked to to be kind of responsible and organize everybody and get it all together and make it all happen. And and uh, musicians are great people, but sometimes, you know, it's just easier. Now I just show up with my guitar and I plug it in and I play my songs and I unplug and I go home. And I just find it a lot easier and less stressful. And, you know, I don't have to pick anybody up or drive anybody anywhere or, you know, help break down the drums. And um, maybe someday I will. But uh, right now I really like just playing by myself, playing solo. And, 
you know, it, uh, I did a house concert on uh, Saturday night and it was great. There was about 30 people and packed into somebody's living room. And uh, I played, you know, for about, I guess, about an hour and 10 minutes or so. And um, it was great. They really appreciated it. It was just me and my guitar. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of, when you're putting your set list together, you have to kind of change, you know, make sure that you're, you're not repeating yourself or songs that may sound similar you know you try and mix it up a bit and it's a bit tough because I do all my own material so uh, for the most part so um, you have to have the material to be able to do it and you know for every song that you ends up getting sung or put on a record or they actually perform there's probably five or six songs that are left in the garbage pail somewhere so it's a lot of work. Do you ever play any of those songs you wrote in the 80s? I do. I could play one for you now if you'd like. I'd love that, yeah. Yeah. This is a song that was uh, uh, got a lot of airplay on Much Music back in the 80s. And this is a completely different style than what I've just been playing. Um, but it got, it was, uh, I did a music video for it. And the music video was on heavy rotation on uh, Much Music. Excuse me while I just tune a bit here. And. Uh, it was played a lot on college radio. I was a lot younger then, so I could get played on college radio. And uh, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a hit, I'd say. There was some guys. There was a band in the '80s called Blue Peter, and they came in and um, kind of backed me up on it. And um, the producer was a guy called uh, Declan O'Darity. I don't know if you know Declan O'Darity. He's done a lot. He did Rita McNeil. He did a ton of stuff back in the 80s. And he's still working now, but he does a lot of uh, mostly uh, Celtic stuff. There we go. Sorry, this is called She's My Girl from the 1980s. So whip out your big shoulder jackets, put on a little rouge, and muss your hair up. Just the way that I do You don't move her You don't hear her Just the way that I do You don't hold her You don't touch her Just the way Just the way That I do She's my She's my She's my girl She's my She's my, she's my girl. She's my, she's my, she's my girl. You don't need her. Don't you need her? Don't you see her? Just the way that you do. Don't you move her? Don't you hear her? Just the way that you do. Don't you hold her? Don't you touch her? Just the way, just the way that you do. She's my, she's my, she's my girl. She's my, she's my, She's my girl She's my She's my 
She's my girl You don't need her You don't see her you don't need her just the way that I do. Don't you hold her, don't you touch her. Just the way, just the way that you do. She's my, she's my, she's my girl. She's my, she's my, she's my girl. She's my, she's my, she's my girl. You don't need her. That's David Story. I was going to say direct from the 1980s with She's My Girl. It's, it has a very 80s feel to it. I know, it does. Well, if you go, there's, uh, if you go to my, uh, I've got a YouTube channel. And on the YouTube channel is that video from the 1980s of me playing that song. I was in a band at that point. I had some playing with some pretty good musicians. So um, uh, you can see that. And it, it'll be a flashback for those yeah. of you, a certain vintage. Well, that was good. I really enjoyed the way you were getting into that on Folk Roots Radio today. What does the future hold? Obviously, you've got the new album out, looking for opportunities to get out and play it, uh, more live shows. Will you be doing any more TV in the future? I mean, does that is that really project-based? If somebody comes to you with something that really appeals, you might decide to get back into, you know, directing uh, TV again? Um. Yeah, we have, uh, we have a... <clears throat> I guess I'm not letting the cat out of the bag too much, but there is a new Corner Gas project that's in the works. Um, it's not a feature film. It's going back to the television. I guess you could call it a spin-off, but uh, all the cast would be back if it, if it happens. The same cast. And, but it's a bit of a spin-off, something a little bit different. I don't want to get into too much of the details because it's still we're in what they call phase two development right now. So... I mean, we're working on it. We've written a pilot script and, uh, you know, we've, uh, it's, I, it could be really good. So, but we don't have a green light and we don't, you know, as I say, we're in the development phase and it could all fall apart tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, for those Corner Gas fans out there, there could be something coming along in the next couple of years. And I would definitely be involved in that. But at this point, I'm playing a lot of music. Like I'm, you know, I'm probably playing you know, twice a week out somewhere, uh, you know, for uh, usually in a, with a group of other people where I'm playing with two or three other acts in a show or, or my own show. So I continue, I, I'm going to continue doing that. And I'm going to, I have, I'm writing songs for a new album now. So um, I'm, uh, I'm hopefully going to be doing a new album. That won't happen for another couple of years, but I've probably got maybe half the album written. So Oh, that's exciting. When it sounds like you have lots of things to look forward to, obviously a little bit of a, a treat for those people who do love Corner Gas to hear that they may come back in a, in a form later on. It's been a great pleasure to have you join us today. If people want to learn more about your music, is the best place the website? Yes, yes. Uh, DavidStoryMusic.com and Story has an E in it. Or if they go to just David Story and YouTube, there's a bunch of videos there that I've just done recently. I did uh, 
you played Last Loon on the Lake at the beginning of the show, and there's, uh, uh, I think, a pretty good video for Last Loon on the Lake there, and uh, and uh, some other videos as well. So That's great. I'd like to play I'm Coming Home to to finish the show today. Can you sure. tell us about that song? Yeah, that was... Um, I um, was away from home, obviously, all those years doing um, Corner Gas, and, you know, I had a family and kids, and they used to come out and stay with me in the summers when we were shooting corner gas and so but I was away quite a bit and uh because they initially moved out to Vancouver with me for about two years then they moved back to Ontario but I had to stay out there to work so when it was all done uh I packed it all up and uh, came home and um that was what this song was about I'd been away for a while and although we you know, I was coming back regularly and they were coming to visit me regularly. It was like, I'm leaving Vancouver, I'm coming back to Ontario, and uh, here I am. And 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 it also, in an extension, um, it is a bit about the music as well. I've been away from music for a long time and uh, playing live anyways. And then, uh, so it was kind of, here I am coming back. Uh, playing music and it did it really felt like home and the musical community is a fantastic community and you know most of the people that I knew were either super you know successful in music or they'd moved on and done other things so it was interesting reconnecting with those people and meeting all the new people such as yourself that's great David it's been a great pleasure having you on the show today this is David's story with I'm coming home from his new album coming home and you've been listening to Folk Roots Radio and I'm Jan Hall. Thanks again. Thank you, Jan. All my bad holes are done Some I've lost and some I've won Climb the mountain and touch the sky Sat in the shadows as people passed me by I'm coming home I'm coming home I'm coming Stop.
I lay at your feet Hoping you remember me Cause I'm coming home